Christmas time. Mistletoe and wine. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Movie News here at MBE. Just like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And today we are going to be breaking down our top 10 all-time Christmas films. Now, John, do we want to just get right into this? Yes. Yes, Let's I think we should. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> We've not had any drinks so far or mince pies. That's so a lie, Stephen. We'll, well, I've not. I can't speak for you, John. But um, we're going to just kick on in no particular order. Um, we didn't think it was right to sort of uh, pigeonhole these films into uh, 10 through to 1 uh, with best. We couldn't uh, decide. Well, that's the thing. We're very you know, indecisive people. Exactly, John. And we were very indecisive about the first entry. That's Home Alone slash Home Alone 2. Yes. Now, the reason for that, John, is that it's basically the same film in a different setting. But we felt it was necessary to mention Home Alone 2 for two reasons. It's a great film. And it's got Tim Curry in it as well. Yes. So that's the reason we're including Home Alone 2. But John... And Donald f- Trump. <laughs> I thought he was President of the United well, that's States. That's a good reason for not mentioning America. That. But uh, Home Alone uh, was obviously released on the 7th of December 1990, 30 years ago, John. Yes, celebrating its when I was but a pup. 30th anniversary. And this was directed by Chris Columbus and it was written by the, the late, great John Hughes, starring Macaulay Culkin... Macaulay Culkin not had a drink, seriously. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern and a whole host of Wait other. Wait till I try to say Chevy Chase, Stephen. Chevy. <laughs> great. It's not Chevrolet. It's not actors. John Herd's in there, the late great John Herd. Yes. Catherine O'Hara. Um, you've also got Hilary Wolf, a very young Hilary Wolf in there. John Candy, the late great John Candy as well. Making a million dollars yeah, to for, make a cameo. For a day's work. Amazing. That's the pool that guy had at that point. But John, this is a film, you've said it, um, I've not said it, um, but you don't regard this as an out-and-out Christmas film, although it is set around Christmas. No. Steve, I'm going to contradict myself later on when I also speak about Die Hard, which shock (laughs) horror is in there. Yeah. Because that's not a Christmas film either, but I'm going to call it a Christmas film. It's set in Christmas. It clearly is. It's a Christmas film. I'm talking absolute nonsense, Steve. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas vacation, he's left alone, it's Christmas! It's set in Christmas, it's a Christmas movie, there is no doubt about it. Completely ignore what I says previously, I'm talking shit, guys. But look, Stephen, this is a fantastic movie, man. I grew up watching this, of course, I, I didn't watch it on its initial release. I was only, depending on the specific time in 1990 it was released, I could have been under one year of age. It was December. December, so I was one and a bit years hmm. old then, so a little bit young. But growing up in the mid-90s... I watched this movie many, many times. I think I've seen it perhaps two dozen times, if not more. It's every time it come on, you watched it. Yeah. Really, and it's for all the aforementioned reasons that you obviously mentioned. Funnily enough, hence why that I've mentioned. Chris Columbus. I've not had a drink either, guys. I assure you. But when this rolls, because guess what? This isn't live <laughs> shot horror. I will be in a coma through food and drink. So it's kind of just preemptive drunkenness that's sort of slipping out here. But John, look, that's why I'm glad this is not live because at yeah. some point we're going to have to do a cut so I can take this bloody yeah. hat off. I'm absolutely sweating. Here. <laughs> absolutely sweating. Stephen, Chris Columbus, John Hughes, yeah, match made in heaven, an amazing yeah. director. Yeah. Directed the first sort of Harry Potter, maybe the first two Harry Potter movies too. There's a magical element to this guy's movies. And John Hughes, what can you say about John Hughes? A stupendous writer involved in the likes of um, Uncle Buck, wasn't he? Uh, mm. Breakfast Club. Yeah, all those great all 80s those ones, great eighties yeah. movies that had that vibe to them. Yeah, just watchability. Mm-hmm. You're yep. too kind because it's great writing, it's great characters, 
as a free Dennis sort of to the world. Yep. And then you add in the acting talents of a young Macaulay Culkin, a sort of tour de force of the 1990s, really. This guy is ever eternal, young Macaulay Culkin. I know he's old now. Yeah, he's, well, I don't know. He's, yeah. he's not that old then, I'm being harsh on him, but he's older than what he was here. Yeah. But he'll forever be that age. He's sort of like a, a mummified young guy now to me. <laughs> and then Joe Pesci, not Pesky, Joe Pesci as Harry and then obviously Daniel Stern is Marv both very old now Jesus Christ yeah. Daniel Stern terrifies me he's got a beard and it's white what is going on with the world <laughs> but were they the wet bandits in this one or were they, they were the, the wet bandits the wet yeah. bandits yeah. Stephen just unique man it was the only really home invasion movie and still is really the only home invasion movie alongside Home Alone 2 that's been done right it wasn't really a home uh, invasion was it really that was a sort of what was it it was a home invasion yeah. but there was hotels involved Stephen, it was the only one that was really done right for me. It's got that element, that rewatchability. It's yeah. smart. It's kind of believable. This little guy could do this to these two goons. Yeah. And then it is, and at the heart of it is, it's got that great Christmas story. And as you mentioned as well, the late John Heard, I still can't believe that guy's dead. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, uh, he was great. Yeah. And then as we were speaking about, is it Catherine O'Hara? Um, yeah. Screaming, we can't do that high. Yeah. Sort of. Kevin! I can't. Kevin! Yeah, amazing. I've not got the Rona, John, yeah, the only movie. person that can do a higher pitch scream is obviously Daniel Stern when that tarantula's put in his face. But um, the second movie as well, uh, yeah. for um, Brenda Fricker as well, who played the pigeon lady, she's the sort of shovel guy of this yeah. film, of yeah. that film, you know. That's what, what I'm saying. Guy? It's it's almost a, it's a similar vibe to it. It's, a, it's the same message you're getting from it as well. Um, you're Who right. Shovel guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, John. He's passed away as well, sadly. Um, <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> um, but um, it, uh, I mean, it, it must have been a good ago. age, thirty years ago. But <laughs> he played a big part in that film, and it was it's a like good message. Dogs, yeah. Back in old movies, yeah. you just see they're dead right yeah. away. Yeah. Any film from nineteen twenties. Oh, Stephen, I went back totally and uh, I watched the uh, Vikings with uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Douglas. Incredibly, I looked the guy up and he was still alive at that point. I'm like, what is going on? This guy's 103. <laughs> Two people are still alive from that cast. That's, it's extraordinary, but we're getting sidetracked here. Extraordinary. Get yeah. Extraordinary. So, John, that's how the reason we pigeonholed both Home Alone and Part 2 into the same sort of segment here, because mm -hmm. they are the same film, more or less. Yeah. Um, it was just more of an update. Um, the, the message is the same. The template's exactly the same. Um, you filthy animals. Everything's the same. Tim Curry for me uh, was a standout for the second movie. Mm -hmm. Who was your standout for the first one? Standout would have probably been uh, Joe oh, Pesci, maybe. Probably Joe Pesci, yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the, the wet bandits. But Macaulay, you can't write off Macaulay. Macaulay either. was fantastic, wasn't he? He was. And, uh, obviously, but yeah, probably Daniel Stern. He was the one that got the tarantula on his face. So that was probably the standout <laughs> moment of that movie. And funnily enough, the standout moments of the second movie are probably <clears> Daniel Stern as well, being hit with the brick, the flower, I think, yeah. or the. The powder goes over him, he gets burnt, <laughs> he gets yeah. hit with the paint can. Yeah. Everything happens to this guy, yeah. really. But of course, Pesci, I think he gets his hair burnt or something. He's, or something and then he puts his head in the toilet, which is full of petrol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Stephen, that just typifies yeah. these movies, why they're just brilliant. It's yeah. just laugh a moment, really organically sort of engineered as well, these moments yeah, in these movies. Yeah. The acting's really, really good. Um, it was John Hughes again in the second one. It was Chris Columbus, yeah. dream pairing, really. Yeah, and yeah, Stephen, it was. It was a sort of rehash, just like Die Hard. Rehash, but it's done well, so it's a nice yeah. rehash, and it has that rewatchability again. And I, I like the two of them yeah. e evenly. I, I, I'm the same, John. I equally. don't even mind Donald Trump being in there. No, I don't care. I don't hotel. care. Yeah, you know, it, was, it added to the sort of feel to the film as well. Tim Curry being the hotel manager, I think. 
Um, just like was great, wasn't it? We love you. Just great, absolutely. Uh, a young uh, Rob Schneider in it as well, yeah. um, playing the bellboy. But it was just a great film, John. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think they could really live up to the expectations of the first one, and in a kind of way, maybe they didn't. So they replicated the sort of formula from the the first one into the second movie. But we'll move on to the next film. And before I do that, John, it's worth mentioning to the viewers that I've not seen all of these ten. You've not seen all of the 10, but Sadly. between both of us, we've seen them all. Yeah. The next one we're talking about, I've seen I know you've not. but I was going to watch it, but yeah. I just didn't have the time. No, that's it. It's Scrooged um, it. from 1988. This I love was Bill Murray. directed by Richard Donner and stars Bill Murray. Karen Allen as well from, obviously, Indiana Jones fame. John Forsyth is in there. A whole host of names. John Glover as mm-hmm. well. Bobcat Goldthwait from Police Academy. Well known for, for that, for the strange voice. Ka- <laughs> Carol Kane, Ma- Robert Mitchell <laughs> is in this as well. I forgot he was in this, John. Um, a legendary actor. But, um, John, I'm not going to really get into it too much because I know you've not seen it yeah. yet. But I think, you can, I think you can guess from the, the title of this film the sort of story. Yeah. It's a modernised version of, obviously, A Christmas Carol. Um, with Bill Murray playing Frank Cross, is it? Frank Cross, yep. My memory's uh, working with me tonight. Um, he is the sort of the uh, Ebenezer Scrooge uh, as a film producer. And um, this is right down Bill Murray Street, you know, playing that sort of cruel, um, authoritative figure in the film. Yeah, likeable, very much like uh, Phil Connors in Groundhog Day. You know, that's just right down Bill Murray Street. Uh, Peter Venkman and Ghostbusters having that sort of nasty humour about him. But um, people that he's been nasty towards aren't aware of his nastiness. You know, he does it in a way. It's a very cute way he does it. Uh, Very funny way as well for the audience. But it was a great film, John. I really liked this. Um, It's a film I do go back to every now and again. It's got that rewatchability about it, which I like. Um, It's just great. It's it's possibly dated a little bit with the sort of visuals, um, with the the ghosts and stuff like that, and obviously the, the fashion. It was very late 80s sort of fashion as well uh, and I'm just struck with the director I cannot Donner. believe yeah he's a fantastic Kojak, yeah the woman yep. Superman 1 and the 2 the Goonies yep Super, yep the Goonies yeah um, Scrooge Lethal Weight 1 and 2 yeah he's Lethal a fantastic director John just unbelievable Amazing, yeah uh, hit after hit after hit and I remember when it came out um, I was 12 when it came out I think I maybe have seen it the year after and from then on, every couple of years, two or three years, I do go back to this round about this time. Yeah, I year. need to watch it because, as, as you did say, I love Phil Connors from Groundhog Day. And if this is Scrooge meets Phil Connors, Frank Cross, <coughs> right up my street, I yeah. have to watch it. I don't know why I've not. I'm 31. I should have seen this. Yeah. There's no excuses. And it'll get sorted. Just like yeah. Die Hard gets it's sorted. A, it's an amazing film, John. Yeah. That's why it's in there. Uh, Scrooge, 1970, is our next entry. Oh, uh, yeah, it is, John. Wow. Yeah, that, funny, this film came out long before you or I were even on this planet, but it's got Albert Finney and Alec Guinness in there, uh, a few others, Kenneth Moore, Lawrence Naismith as well, uh, the list goes on, Anton Rogers, yep. Gordon Jackson, Roy Kinnear, a great British cast. Um, I saw this film... Um, it's a great British story. Yeah, this was the first film I saw Albert Finney in, um, and this was the first iteration of the story that I saw on this big screen as well, well it wasn't the big screen, it was the television. Mm-hmm. Um Alec Guinness as well, out with Star Wars, I hadn't seen any of his films at this time. Now, I was only maybe about eight or nine at the time. Bridge Over the River Kwai was probably too young to see that, but I knew him as Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point. He's not got a big part in it. His presence is big, but his part isn't as big as Albert Finney, obviously. Albert Finney is obviously playing Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, 
Again, it's a great story, John. Uh, David Collins is playing Bob Cratchit, as I remember. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a fantastic film, John. It's a great way to introduce it to a young audience as well. I know there's been various forms of this film over the years. It's probably one of the most remade films uh, and remade stories, I should say. Um, you know, of all time, Charles Dickens classic. Um, if you've not seen this, John, I don't know if you have. I think you're kind of wary whether or not you've seen it. I vaguely recall seeing it, Stephen. I don't know if I've seen the entire movie through, but looking yeah. at the images, it does. It rings a bell. Um, I think I definitely, I've definitely seen it, Stephen. Yeah, it's, no it's just one of that those... scene there when he's going through the crowd. I've definitely seen that scene. Yeah, Albert Finney, yeah. an amazing actor as well, John. But we're going to move on to our next entry, and this is a uh, National Lampoon's. It's called Winter Holiday. We call it Christmas, Christmas vacation, vacation yeah. over here in the UK, but. Um, <laughs> This came out in 1989, um, and it was directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik. Chechik. I don't really know him. Um, Again, written by John Hughes, who we were just talking about, and stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliet Lewis, and a young Johnny Galecki is in there as well, John, um, playing Rusty. This was the thing about this Griswold's family. The kids always changed. They were always recast. But in this case, Juliet Lewis and Johnny Galecki, very well-known names now. I don't know if they were such then, um, but another great film, John. Randy Quaid, obviously playing the cousin, uh, coming back into Cousin Eddie. Um, And Diane Ladd's in there, John Randolph. The list goes on. It's just another... Classic Griswold story, isn't yeah, it? That is. Stephen, look, the, the best scene in this for me is the light scene. Yeah, uh, because yeah. being a courier and driving around, I see so many Griswold houses. <laughs> and it just takes me back to this movie yeah. every single time. It's just, it's classic Chevy Chase. There's something about this guy. When did this come out? 1989. The yeah. guy disappeared after the, the 80s. Like a lot of yeah. prominent actors, Dan Aykroyd and stuff like that, he didn't really disappear, but he fell out of prominence. But my God, when he was in the 80s, it was very few people funnier than this guy. And just the Griswold family, the, the National Lampoon franchise, if you can call it that, stupendous, laughs a minute. Was it European vacation when they went to the German household? Yeah, that was great, yeah. It's just something about this guy, this character, this family, they're, they're dysfunctional. And he's sort of the head of it, and he's forcing them to do things they don't want to do. And he's at the brunt of doing things that mm. shouldn't be happening, but he does, again, the lights, and he's flicking the switch. Yeah. And it's, ah, There's something about Clark um, Griswold that... Uh, that I always love. It's that forced enjoyment that he puts on his family. They must enjoy themselves. You know, accurate? even if they're not that bothered about Christmas, he forces them to. No, you, you know, it's a, a very special event. The other thing I'll say, John, is although I do like the film, it's probably my third best National yeah. Lampoon's film in the first Vacation one series. First one, yeah, uh, Vacation, uh, and then the European Vacation, and then this one. Yeah, Stephen, it's still a great movie. though. it's a timeless yeah. Christmas classic. And again, John Hughes, man, I mean, this guy just knows how to write amazing movies. He knew how to write amazing movies. And again, you did. Randy Quaid's great as a cousin. He's, he's come back and he is. He's just like, there's something about that guy as well. Yeah. He's a character. And a young Johnny Galecki, as you did say, incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leonard Hofstadter. That's it, yeah. Himself. Big Bang, yeah. Fantastic movie, yeah. Stephen. Right up there for me. Yeah, definitely. There's another one that's right up there for me, John. I don't know about yourself. Santa Claus, the movie from <laughs> 1985. <laughs> uh, this is a great film, John. Uh, it's, it's more nostalgic than, than anything from a personal point of view. Uh, Jean- Jean- uh Schwark uh, directed this. Uh, stars Dudley Moore. John Lithgow's in there. Uh, still making great films. David Huddleston as well, who played Santa Claus. Um, Dudley Moore, for me, uh, you know, one of... Britain's, um, you know, legendary actors. I know it's, it's absolutely, it's killing me. John, it's so itchy. 
I'm Burgess, laughing at your hat and I'm wearing this. Burgess Meredith, John, uh, who played Mickey, obviously, in the Rocky franchise, is playing the Ancient Elf. I didn't know that. I've seen this film maybe 20 times. Um, it's one of those films, um, when I was growing up, I was nine when this came out. Yep. My sister and I and my brother, um, to an extent, who was only five at the time, watched this every Christmas. Um it was great because it starts off with the origins of Santa and how he became who he was. I think he was Saint Nick yeah. uh, at this point. Um, but it's also got that mes- message of commercialization mm-hmm. of Christmas as well through the Patch character played by Dudley Moore. There's also, um, uh, what do you call him, Christopher Ryan, who played Mike in The Young Ones, and yeah. Dave Hedgehog. He plays one of the elves, surprisingly. Um, just by physical appearance, he... You can tell he plays one of those, but yeah. he has a non-speaking part, but he stands out a mile. Um, there's other names in there as, as well, John. Um, Melvin Hayes as well from the sort of carry-on films. He plays Goober, uh, one of the elves as well. A very small part, mm-hmm. but it's a good film. It's a good um, it's a good film for families as well. If you're if you're wanting to introduce Santa Claus story to uh, you know kids. They will get some enjoyment out Again, of this. Again, I'm looking at the, the the images, and it does ring a bell. It probably does, John. It's on. Mostly I just I do wonder yeah. how many of these movies I've seen and just subconsciously as a youngster and not taking it in. <laughs> well, we're going. I like the I like the yeah. concept. What you say is the yeah. sort of satirical look at the commercialisation of it, yeah. moving away from the most spiritual side of yeah. it. And that's an important message to get out there. Yeah. Sadly, it's fell on deaf ears because it's not changed anything. No, no, but, no yeah. it oh, That's just uh, nice that's, to try uh, anyway. Capitalism for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to our next entry. Uh, we're halfway through now, John. It's The Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. <laughs> Brian Henson directed this and it stars Michael Caine. Kermit Frog's in there as well, surprisingly. Miss Piggy. Uh, the Great Gonzo. Not Bob Cratchit, it's oh. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, Frank Oz obviously does a lot of these voices as well. With Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, etc. Um, John, this is a film I've only seen once, so yeah. I'm, you're going to have to help me out in this one. Um, <laughs> it's because, been a long time since I've seen um, it, but yeah. It's Michael Caine that stands out for me in this performance, you know, and um, it must be very hard for... Classically trained actors to be interacting, obviously, with uh, Muppets. Steve, it's a Charles Dickens movie, though. Yeah. That story. And any classically again, trained yeah. actor is going to be drawn to that story but just because of the, the, the origins of it. Yeah. A great writer. And it was, it was just, taking the Muppets, the Muppets are generational. Everyone seems to love them, no yeah. matter the generation. It took that story and it revamped it with the Muppet sort of skewed side of things, the perspective. And it was something about this movie. I just watched this about. Probably a dozen times growing up. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed with it. Watched it every single year. Sometimes when it wasn't even Christmas, I was watching it. <laughs> and it's just because I grew up loving the Muppets. I love Kermit in particular. I really did love him. It was scary mm. how much I love Kermit, really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously all the, the gang were there. And it was a classic Dickens story. We've mentioned Scrooge umpteen times, really. And yeah. That, that is Scrooge, and I'm not tripping out my nose. The Muppets, it's, 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 it's a Christmas Carol, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been retold in so many different versions that it starts to sort of muddy the waters. But it's doing it's done something different. It was for a different generation, a younger generation yeah. who perhaps couldn't connect connect with the previous incarnations. And it certainly worked with me. It got me interested in this Dickens story, and it's something I've enjoyed many, many times over my childhood. Not so much recently, though. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to look. I'm looking at the director, Brian Henson. And the name does ring a bell. I'm trying it's to think Jim Henson's Labyrinth. son, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, Muppets from Space. He's done yeah. umpteen Muppets movies. Treasure Island was another yeah. one I shouldn't have liked because I was 10, but I did. That's that the one was with Tim, Tim, Tim Curry, yeah. Curry, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Long John Silver. Uh, I, I can't remember the one Billy Connolly was in. Um, but uh, it was a long standing joke with Billy Connolly. He always dies in every film that he's in. 
Uh, a bit like Sean Bean, but he says, I even died in a Muppet movie, and nobody ever dies in a did Muppet Sean movie. Did Sean Bean not get killed with a cow at one point? <laughs> he did, uh, Billy Connolly didn't know. Sean Bean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on, John, Billy. to our you know, next entry, and Billy it's Connolly. from 2003, and it's Elf, and this was directed by John Favreau, uh, who's keeping himself busy with Star Wars at the moment. He but, he's uh, revamping the whole franchise. Back in 2003, he was doing this little film called Elf, yep. starring Will Ferrell, James Caan. And Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart obviously appeared in the Big Bang Theory of late as well, uh, playing Papa Elf in this. Um, Buddy, uh, played by Will Ferrell. Uh, it's a great film. Peter yes. Dinklage is in this film as well, uh, as I recall. Zoe De- Deschanel and Mary Steenburgen yes. as well. It's a great cast, John. Fantastic cast. It's yeah. another great story. Kyle Gass is in there as well from obviously... Uh, what they called uh, Jack Black's band. Yeah, they're in there, and uh, it's it's just a great film, John. Um, seven out of ten on IMDb. I remember when this came out. Um, I think it maybe have been two years after it came out. I saw this. It was definitely in the mid two thousands. I missed the boat on this when it first came out. Yeah. And that's so why fair. I said this little film, and I wasn't playing a sort of pun on Elf or anything. I it didn't sort of connect with me when it first came out. Uh, I don't know about yourself. Once I saw it, though, I went, this is a great story. It's a great message as well, yeah. uh, like most Christmas films. But something about Will Ferrell's performance in yeah. this, obviously, as um, uh, your man buddy, um, just um, sort of... Um, An identity uh, uh, movie, Yeah, out of his sort of comfort zone, yeah. um, you know, try to find a, an answer. Um, That's uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. He brings his... I'm yeah. touching legs here. I'm part of my jumper. <laughs> 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 uh, I feel like a Wallace and Gromit maybe here for a skier. Uh, Stephen, it's just classic Will Ferrell, uh, energetic sort of acting. He was at his pomp at this point, really. Yeah. Um, it was round about Step Brothers. I'm pretty sure it was round that era. And this guy is just hilarious, man. There's something about him. He's quite deadpan when he's doing interviews and stuff like that. You put him in a leading role in a movie like this it's ridiculous he's so big he's six foot three and a half or something he's got this elf costume on he's clearly not an elf and he's he's going through an identity crisis in this movie and it's just a great christmas flick and you you put the directing talents of john favreau in there he's a great director he's directed a lot of brilliant movies yeah um jungle book uh lion king remake that everyone hated i think he's done iron man <laughs> yeah. he's done a whole array of different kinds of movies and he's a, he, he can get performances out of people. You do, you mentioned the cast, Mary Steenburgen and James Caan and Zoe Deschanel, Deschanel, I can't see her name, Peter Dinklage. It's a great cast, but really the star show, uh, a star of the show is Will Ferrell and yeah, it's all about him. It's his yeah. story and he, he's just amazing. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I, I don't know if I actually watched this movie when it initially came out. I can't lie. No. But I've certainly seen it in the, the ensuing years. Yeah. And I've seen it when I was still young enough to maybe get something out of it. Maybe teens or something like that. Another film John I've watched over the ensuing years, probably ensuing decades, is Gremlins from yes. 1984. That's our next entry and our third last film we're talking about. Directed by Joe Dante or Dante. It stars Zach Galligan, who follows us on Twitter. Thanks for that, Zach. Phoebe Cates, obviously, uh, we know her from Drop, Drop, Drop Dead Fred uh, with He's Rick Mail. Uh, definitely, that's time of night. Uh, but Corey Feldman is in there as well, uh, who I've always liked. Honestly, <laughs> so um, John Gremlins is out of this top ten. It's uh, it's another one that could be debated as a Christmas film. I always get the feel for Christmas. I think um, it opens with that. Um, it's uh, the song from Phil Spector from his Christmas album. 
Christmas. I can't remember what the name of the song is called. But no, it's not. It was a. It was um. Uh, what was it? It was a Ronettes, I think oh, it was, right, um, yeah. and it was like it filmed in Hill Valley's tight uh, square. Yeah. You know they used obviously they the back lot of they? Universal. Gave it a snowy appearance to give it that illusion of it's not set in California, and um, it's just a great film, John. The I still think um, visually it's not aged no. terribly. Uh, something about these puppets that just Steve, that's terrify sort of, you, you know. The technology, the hybrid, practical, yeah, sort of digital technology from that era, the likes of Terminator, it does ages much better than the out and out CG, yeah. Sort of bonanza flicks from the the mid nineties onwards, and, it's just, and even as you did say, the, the sort of puppetry, when it's done right, it doesn't age really badly. And this was a movie I grew up watching again, mid nineties. I was semi terrified of this movie as a young child because it was an absolute wimp. I mean, I, that I is watched, a horror element to it, John. I watched yeah. uh, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, Arachnophobia, movies <laughs> like that. Tim Curry's Pennywise, yeah, mini series, but this was the one that kind of spooked me. I was absolutely <laughs> terrified of Freddy Krueger as well. I'm a lying yeah. shit. But there's something about it, Stephen. It's a, a great little story about these little creatures, man, and they're... <laughs> Following <laughs> so, the rules. Yeah. I yeah. look after them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, I think it's water. Yeah, don't uh, get them wet. Don't get them wet and it's a certain time they, of night or yeah, something. Yeah, don't feed them after midnight and keep them out of bright lights as well. And, and they don't do that and they absolutely no. multiply. Yeah, the water makes them multiply and the eating after midnight makes them morph it from a mogwai into a gremlin yeah. and great. they become crazy. But is it's, it not great, man? It is, it's a fantastic Because I remember growing up in the 90s and trying to get Gizmo. Yeah. I recall trying to get the toy yeah. out of Costco or something like that back in the day. <laughs> a hard thing to, to come by at that point. But, John, a great film, 7.3 out of 10. It's one of those films that um, they, they had to do a sequel for it. You couldn't blame them for doing that, the success of that original movie. I know Gremlins 2, the new batch, doesn't get the sort of same uh, well-received, um, you know, plaudits uh, as the original film. But I still do like a new batch as well, or the, the new batch, because uh, Christopher Lee's in it, and anything he's in, I love. Yeah. Steve, um, look, man, you're right, though, before we move on. It, it does something quite unique in mixing the horror, mm. with the, the fantasy elements, and a Christmas set. It is, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't an out-and-out Christmas movie, of course. It's just no. set within the confines of Christmas. And I'm to blame for this, putting this in this list. Incidentally, <laughs> it was me that put these in. That's a good uh, one. That's so, a good one, yeah. But for me, it is a Christmas movie. There's presents getting well, passed John, about. Well, John, for you and for director John McTiernan, yes. he's confirmed over the last few days that Die Hard is Mr. a Christmas McLean. movie. Yeah. And, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're one of you're them. One of them. <laughs> it's so oh my horrible. God. John. John McTiernan, John McTiernan, director, has confirmed Shell. that this film wasn't originally um, made as a Christmas movie, but the feel of it and the sort of way it was received after its release it became such a hit. Yeah. And the reason for that, it's strange, it was released on 3rd of February 1989, so it was 10 months before Christmas. <laughs> but there is something about it, John, and you're right, it finishes with, is it Sinatra? Let it snow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, obviously it's the dust off of the building. And obviously the Christmas party happening in the uh, Nakatomi, Nakatomi, as I could call yeah. it, the Dakota there for some reason, but it's definitely Because there was Nakatomi. a John Lennon documentary on down the stairs yeah, even before yeah, we started this yeah. show. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched it, but no. um, it was on. Uh, but yeah, stars Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia. We've already reviewed this, John, on our show a few months ago, so we're not really going to get into the ins and outs of how this film obviously plays out or anything like that. You can watch that video if you like. But um, talking about the sort of Christmas theme to it, 
Um, I've never really regarded it as a Christmas film myself, but I think it's one of those ones you take it as how it feels to you. Yeah. A lot of films, like you talked about Home Alone, John, mm-hmm. you could really place that storyline anywhere in the, the middle of the year, if you like, It's because it would work anyway. Uh, this film is very similar to that. The situation of an office party could happen any time of the year. Yeah. A retirement party could have been in an Akatomi, and it would have been the same thing it played out. Yeah. But it's just those little elements in the background that give it that Christmas feel. And I can understand why a lot of people get that sort of response and that sort of feel to it as well. Yeah. Sadly for me, I don't. I just love it as an action yeah, film. Yeah, Stephen, it is, ultimately it is just an out-and-out action movie. It just, it's quite coincidental. It's set, as you did say, around about Christmas. It's not get it out in itself as a, a complete and utter Christmas movie. I'm absolutely obsessed with these legs, incidentally. Keep clutching them. Uh, it's not sort of painting itself as an out-and-out Christmas movie, just circumstantial that it's set around about the Nakatomi building in the midst of Christmas. That, to me, and also the Let It Snows, you did say Frank Sinatra at the end, that makes it a Christmas movie yeah. for me. But it's really just about Hans Gruber, John McLean, two of these guys battling against each other, trying to outwit each other. Mr McLean, and just an amazing, one of the iconic villainous characters, and I'm absolutely ashamed I didn't watch it until this year, but look, well up there for me. Yeah, definitely is, and it's it's obviously um, it was Alan Rickman's first feature film as well, which still amazes me to this yeah. day because his screen presence. Theater though, wasn't it before? Uh, yeah, it was theater before that, and, and English television. Um, he was made for the big screen. This guy, yeah. uh, he would go on to have this amazing career, obviously in the Harry Potter th- uh, series as well, yeah. um, and other films as well. But it's just something about his presence in this film. Um, it's not very often you can upstage Bruce Willis in a movie. He's just got that kind of presence himself, especially in an action film. But something about Alan Rickman just takes it to another level. Yep. He's such a menace in this film, and I love it. Um, we're going to move on, John, to our final entry in this top ten. It's been a great. Uh, chat about these Christmas films really getting back and reminding me how great these films are that I maybe should go back and revisit as well yeah. uh, here's one I've not watched surprisingly and I'm, um, I'm Tim, it's, it's Tim Burton who wrote it but uh, it wasn't him that directed it it was Henry Selick yeah. and it stars like said, Danny Elfman this is all voice work I would assume Chris yeah. Saradin Catherine O'Hara obviously from Home Alone fame and Beetlejuice mm-hmm. um, reuniting with uh, Tim Burton um, who wrote it it's uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas which came out in 1993 I was 17 when this came out John and I don't know why I've never seen it I've never really been that interested in seeing it something's really strange and creepy about that little <laughs> onion head uh, I don't know what that is a skeleton or something yeah. Skellington I think that's the character's name is it not Jack Skellington um, you've seen this film John I, I don't really know do you think I would like this film is this something no. that I would <laughs> No. no, okay. So no. eight out of ten on IMDb. No, no, so it's, it's not, not a bad, bad movie, Stephen. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just a generational movie, and obviously, by the, the time this had came out, you were obviously beyond that kind of movie, which is fine. It's absolutely yeah. fine. We've seen the likes of Bill Burr speak about that about Star Wars. That he was of a certain age when Star Wars came out. That he was more focused on other kinds of movies and in other Fair things. Enough, so yeah. it kind of passed him by. Yeah, this would be the same. I was four years old when this came out, so directed at my demographic, absolutely. And it was, as you say, it's Henry Selleck, and another great movie made by Henry Selleck. He directed Stop Motion, similar vibe, James mm. and the Giant Peach, one of my all-time favourite yeah. child movies. I watched that movie endlessly. It was like Labyrinth with my sister. Yeah. Again <laughs> and again and again and again and again. So, something about this guy, Henry Selleck, and his, his work with Stop Motion just had a sort of an affinity with me. It connected with me on some level as a child. There's something wacky about it. And again, it's that sort of fantasy Horrorish, but it's not horror. It's not horror. It's not like Gremlins horror, but it's that vibe. It's Halloween 
town. It's a skeletal figure, mm. but it's wacky. He's sort of like a stick insect, and it's weird, and it's but it's brilliant. It's yeah. Tim. It's Tim Button. Yeah. Tim Button just that, adds that dark vibe, and he does it well. It's like Ed that's the best way to it's like all the, You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Christmas. It's Tim Button. It's Henry Selick. It just works. And then you look at the cast: Danny Elfman, Chris Sarandon, Catherine O'Hara again of Home Alone fame. Great cast, man. Brilliant, and it's the, the acting was on point. And it looks, Stephen, it's sort of generational again, even though it was in the early nineties. I see this movie continuing on. I see the, the sort of artwork and the imagery of it continuing on. So, stands the test of time, and it deserves to be on the list for me. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. But wait, that's going to round it up. Yeah, it's we're going us. to round up our top ten Christmas movies ever. Um, it was the ones we missed, perhaps. I know there was the uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth <coughs> Street or something. Yeah, I seen the modern day remake, but not as good as the original. By all accounts, a little girl from Matilda was in it. There was a few others in there that we perhaps missed. Yeah, Last Christmas apparently very good with Henry Golding and Amelia Clark. Perhaps you can share below. The some Christmas of your, Chronicles the as Christmas well. The Christmas yeah. Chronicles, yeah, you watched them recently, didn't you, Stephen? That's good, Kurt yeah. Russell. Maybe if we've missed something, then you we should be in there. You can tell us maybe about that. But what was your thoughts on the top ten that we chose? Maybe you get some critique. In there to perhaps give and share with us. Do you disagree? Do you agree? You can comment below if you've got anything to say. You can also like the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you want to see more content like this. But look, guys, until then, have a very Merry Christmas. Um, I'll not say a Happy New Year because we will be back between Christmas and New Year, but have a Merry Christmas. Don't get too comatose with the drink and uh, enjoy the food, man, because I know I will be. But look, I'll be enjoying it right now. I'll be in this in midst of this moment. Just absolutely comatose. But look, guys, bye bye. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho.